0: Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour. Today, we have a fantastic guest, a historied actor who has been in productions going back a number of years to one of my favorites, which we're definitely going to start with here in a minute, but the actor's name, James Dumont. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Everybody loves pudding. (laughs) That's what we always hope. There was everybody loves rain. Well, everybody loves pudding. Who doesn't love pudding? That's Jeff Garland. He made a whole career about pudding. Right. I mean, and look, you know, the, the, we don't talk about Cosby, but hey, he did sell some pudding. Well, yes, there yes. might have been some stuff in the pudding that he was passing out, but hey, <laughs> nonetheless, everybody loves pudding. You know, we, we,
0: we focus on the positive. That's right. Well, that's
1: what. I, there's no other way.
0: So, how are you doing? Are you getting by with uh, the the craziness in the world right now?
1: I am getting by in the craziness. I'm happy to say that the last nine months as uh, it has been very, uh, I know they've been very difficult for a lot of people, and and be able to kind of. You know, I'm a guy that's like, you know, all over the place. I'm, a, I'm tri-coastal. I I'm like you know, I live in New Orleans. I work in L.A. I work in New York. I work in the South, Atlanta, other places. And, uh, you know, hopefully overseas at some point. So, yeah, it, 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 this was the longest that I've been home with my wife and my son. My, my daughter's off to college. This is the longest that I've been home in 12 years. So you're so, saying they're uh, tired of you already. I, I, yeah, I, exactly. Well, look, when I finally, <laughs> I finally got a gig that, you know, a recurring role that I started before COVID and picked up again, and I'll be picking it up the first of the year, uh, I think they were glad to have me out of the house. But I've turned this time period, though, into something I've been doing kind of on and off for the last five years is I started to teach. I started to um, teach actors how to use, uh, do self-tapes because I've been doing it for so long. So yeah, I did. I've been doing my on-camera workout for the last five years in New Orleans. When I'm in Boston working, or when I'm in New York or LA, and so now that I've just moved it to Zoom, I have like 200 students from as far away as Italy to San Francisco and Maine to Florida, and uh, so during this time period, I just decided this is a great way to kind of give back and share. I do, you know, charge people money for my time and experience. I've been doing it 40 years. I've been taping for self-taping for 12 years, and i booked like a million dollars worth of work just off of self tape. So all of a sudden, self-tapes was this thing that people kind of do sometimes, and now it's the norm. So yeah. uh, lucky for me, I just happen to be the, the guy that has a great deal of experience. And, you know, for me, it's what's the value of knowing anything if you can't share it? Definitely. So I feel like, you know, this is a great way of giving back. I've also turned it into a charity. I do a Q&A on Fridays, and raised about almost seven thousand dollars for charities in the last six months. And, uh, so it's been incredible. I, you know, as, as awful as the, uh, the, you know, polarizing and the nation and things like that. I decided to do what all my teachers have taught me, Larry Moss and, and Tim Phillips, which is when things are difficult, it's a time to go inwards and and self-reflection and, and work on yourself and, and, and share, share your gifts. And so, uh, so they're my gifts and money. I've given more charity than I've ever done in my entire life because I'm just feeling uh, very blessed. And I've had some of my students even scholarship other actors who don't have enough money for class. So I just it's this kind of like spirit of generosity at a time where uh, there's so much polarization and, and fear and worry that uh, I like to go the polar opposite of that.
0: Well, and that, that and, has and seems- had this
1: not happened. I don't think any of those things would have would have come to to, to, to you know to pass you know. Right. So uh, this has been uh, you know as, as difficult as maybe for a lot of people. This thing has probably been the most deeply spiritual, creative, uh, joyful, um, uh, powerful time for me. And I and I'm you know and I'm not working. I'm I'm just sharing what I know. You know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know I've I've spoken to a lot of other people, and and one, one theme that seems to be present at all times is there's, uh, one, two, three moments in an individual's life that they will remember where somebody gave their time where uh, somebody gave them a piece of information uh, uh, an at, an outlook on life that they didn't have before and it stays with them so that they can then do the same thing for something else so that's that's definitely the way to create a positive movement for sure
1: 100% 100% and 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 it and the amount of it has been overwhelming to me to be quite honest the 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 depths of which that I've shared and given of myself have then now had a ripple effect on the people and and vice versa. Like they're, I'm getting just as much back as I'm giving out, if not more so. And for me, as someone who's, you know, this is a new element of I've been teaching for five years, but it's been t- between jobs, and now it's like this has been my full time job for the last nine months, six days a week. Uh, I've in some I've had I've had a couple of twenty hour days in here where I've slept for four hours and. I got to keep up with the demand of what people need. And so um, my ability to expand in that capacity has just been, you know, and I, and I can't wait, you know, it was a nice to get back on set with all the COVID, with all the COVID restrictions aside. Um, I really had a greater sense. It was a quite, it was pretty emotional, actually, when I was sat in that trailer for a bit and I'm like, wow, you know, those anxieties and fears about getting on the plane and, you know, what happens and one of my friends, one of his big sets got shut down and extra just happened to have COVID and spread it amongst the whole cast and they shut down. And so all those kind of fears, worries, and anxieties, but I've, uh, the, the planes have never been cleaner. The airports <laughs> have never, I mean, like my, my airport in new Orleans is super, super clean. And, uh, what's interesting is, is like, you know, it's just, I I've never felt safer in the air to be quite honest. Um, cause we're really hypervigilant we're, we're doing it, you yeah. know, and I think we have to stay the course and, I'm excited about the maths. you know, the hundred days of masking. I think, I think if we really make that move as a country, I think that could have small, you know, uh, Bill Gates response is my favorite one. He goes, what's, what are we all nudists? <laughs> like it's not required that we wear pants or we wear shirts. We could be topless and bottomless, but we do it for the sake of other people. Yeah. So why is this one little strip so incredibly, we, you know, we wear pants for a reason. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's just, I like that point of view. It's like, you know, you know, uh, I'm not a nudist. I, you know, I like, I'm not, the, my, 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 my rights, I should could, could walk out there, sure, but I won't for the sake of myself and others. <laughs> that's what's ingrained I, into us. Yeah, I just thought that was a great little, uh, you know, observation absolutely well i'm sure
0: that a lot of our listeners are going to want to know uh, how you got started now if you do the the most basic of imdb searches on you you come to your very first production it's one that just makes me smile every time i watch it and especially when i see the part that you play it's like oh he he got to have a fun fun part in that film that's the the blues brothers you got to start absolutely
1: i got my sag card it was i was uh, 1980 uh You know, the irony is my uncle was the part ahead of the CTA for like when they do like filming and television stuff. So my first job on that movie was being on a train at Elwood's house that kept going by where (laughs) Elwood's apartment would shake and you couldn't see me. So I was like, ah, this is terrible. And then I was like, then my uncle's like, well, they're doing this dancing thing. We can we can put you on the the train platform up above. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. You know, and then. It turns out I've been going to a high school for performing arts, and I've been—I was a dancer at that time too. I was doing ballet with the, you know, Joffrey Ballet with, you know, Nureyev. It was incredible. And then, but one of the kids that was up front. So in the beginning, the kid was up front, but then somehow his parents, like you know, he couldn't miss school or something, and then he had to leave. Oh. So it was like they're like they needed somebody to replace. And I said, I I you know anybody here know here? And I was like, I've watched the moves. I watched. And I went down and I followed the dance moves and they're like, so I replaced this kid. And then, so in the beginning, it's one kid. And then at the end towards the latter part of the, the thing, twisting, uh, sh- yeah. it's me. You know what I mean? But I went from the kid on the train to the platform to right up front. You know what I mean? <sighs> that's and awesome. when you're, when, you know, when you're, you know, have dreams and desires of doing this, you know, that's this, that's the you know, you hear these stories about, yeah. And they went to, Traps, you know, uh, in Hollywood, and then that you know Marilyn Monroe is in there, and she met this agent, and you know it's like so you hear those kind of stories, but for me it was like, and I had done like commercials, and I was a Gerber baby, you know, on the little baby, the baby bottles, you know, the sketches of, and so I was just waiting for my time, you know, <laughs> my waiting for my big break, <laughs> and I felt that was like this was it, you know, and I was going to get my sad card finally. I was going to be a legitimate professional actor. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. So it was great. great. So, and that movie, too, has mean so much to me. And then years later, I was doing uh, I was doing uh, get on up in Mississippi. And uh, Dan Aykroyd and I were in the same hotel. And then we we finally got to kind of talk and connect. And I said, I said, yeah, that was my first movie. And he's like, wow. You know, and <laughs> he was you know, he just has this skull vodka. I don't know if you've seen his vo- vodka. Yes. Like, so like after talking, he goes, you know what? I got a little, I got a little something for you, you know. And he brings over this like clear, you know, skull vodka glass, bottle, and I was like, that's this is kind of cool to go full circle, you know what I <laughs> mean? Like whole from nineteen eighty to like you know twenty, I think it was like twenty fifteen or twenty somewhere around there. That's like crazy. Crazy, yeah.
0: But those, that's kind of one of the things that I've seen happen happen through multiple careers that you end up making connections with producers with directors with other actors yeah what is maybe your uh one of uh, one or two of your favorite connections that you've made from your early career that has kind of maintained through today
1: well early connections that would be kind of hard i'm like i'm you know when you're when you're a that guy and i'm a that guy aren't you that guy are you an actor you know, I just went through the TSA in New York, you know, and on my Instagram, and I went through, I give him my ID, and, like, the ID goes through, and he looks at the ID, and I'm wearing my tracksuit, kind of, like, you know, from Spencer. And I, and he goes, you're an actor, right? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I get I get a that guy, I call them that guy moments. I get, like, you know, three a week when nice. I'm out and about. I haven't in a while, but they're funny when they happen. To, so, yeah, for me, it's kind of hard sometimes for people, people to kind of connect the dots. I think when they look at my real... And they're like, oh, he was that. Da- oh, oh, I know that guy. I recognize that guy. So it's a little bit of that. So the connections always been kind of difficult because I've prided myself on trying to look different or be different in certain things. Um, but collectively, I think in terms of relationships, you know, it's interesting. One of the things I was an extra in was Listen to Your Heart, which was a like a like a movie with Kate Jackson and Tim Matheson. Right. You know? And then years later I'm in New Orleans doing a TV pilot and my director is Tim Matheson. And I told them that kind of story, just like I told the Acuroid story. And it's just like, man, you know, and Tim would say, you know, isn't it great. We still get to do this. And, and that, that's <laughs> been, that's been one of those kind of things, you know, interesting kind of like, that was one of, it was an extra, you know, and even when we were doing, you know, I, I try to put up on IMDb, but they don't allow us, I guess, cause it's so many years, but, I was doing risky business. I was one of the kids trying to h- pick up the hookers in risky business, but right. in the scene with me was Jason Gedrick and I, and uh, I think even, I think even maybe even Alan Rucker, Casey Samatko, all of us Chicago actors were trying to get work in the movie. And some of us got parts and then someone was like, Hey, I'll do extra work. But like, yeah, Jason Gedrick guy, we were, we were extras together in risky business, which, you know, who knew that was going to blow up. And then my first speaking role was the movie Class, which was with Rob Lowe and Andrew McCarthy and Jacqueline Bisset, and uh, Bisset. And years later, I end up doing um, West Wing, and oh, Rob nice. Lowe was on West Wing, and I'm like, "Hey, man! I told us. I told him the story, and I like I have the picture still, you know. <laughs> he wasn't as <laughs> impressed as you know say others were, but you know." I think there's relationships that you kind of build over the years. I mean, uh, I did, I did the West wing with Richard Schiff. And then years ago we did a play together and then he was here doing a movie. And so we all, you know, we kind of still get to do this and have these kind of relationships. I think more recently my relationship to Peter Berg and Mark Wahlberg, you know, now we've done three films together in the last five years. Um, but particularly Peter Berg, we have a shorthand, we have a relationship. Now, Spiel, Spielberg, I've worked with twice. I didn't really think he would recognize me, but <laughs> I went to the Jurassic <laughs> World premiere, you know, the second one that I wasn't in. And he beelined across the red car. He knew exactly who I was. I had helped his daughter get in a, rent an apartment when we did the movie, and he just never forgot that. And, That's you awesome. know, there's certain people, I think Soderberg actually went to high school with my sister-in-law, and we. You know, I, I did a. know, a little TV show called Mosaic with both my kids Mm. and we're on the boat with Steven Soderbergh during, he knows my family. And so there's these weird little things of just, you know, you know, you're, you know, you're doing the right thing or you're, where you're supposed to be. If you're having, if you're still in it and you're having these kind of connections, I, I I know that there's a, there's a philosophy or people have said, you know, it's who, you know, that's Mm. never really kind of worked out for me. Mm. Uh, I've always felt it's not who, you know, it's who knows you yeah. and what do they know you for? What context do they know you as a really wonderful actor? It's easy to get along with or, or somebody's a pain in the ass or they're a friend or a, they're a buddy of somebody. So I've never really felt that, that it's who, you know, kind of thing. Really. It's never, it's always blown up in my face. <laughs> I think my cousin was like co-casting a TV show, you know, and because I was, you know, the cousin, mm-hmm. they were like, you know, had the director not insisted, you know, they were like, well, it's your cousin. It's like, yeah, but he's the best actor for this thing. It's like, he's playing a guy who's a dot-com salesman. And right now, cause he's half kids, he's a dot-com salesman. It's like <laughs> he's playing a role that he does, but I was like, it worked against, me, you know? Yeah. So I feel that, you know, I don't think, um, I think the idea that you can hang around, you can't be rich by admiring your neighbor's house. Right. And I don't think you can be famous by being friends with famous people. That's just the, you know, I, I think you'll be known as the, the buddy to the famous person, but I don't think it really, I think it's still, I still am of the belief and over the years of watching people leave this business, I still think, you know, uh, you know, there's no luck. I think it's preparation and opportunity meet. Yeah. You prepare for a certain level of work. The opportunity shows itself and you rise to the occasion or you don't.
0: No success through osmosis.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and everyone has a different benchmark and measure of what success is. Is it right. making a living? Is it making lots of money? Is it being known? Or is it being able to do the work that you inherently are capable of doing? <clears throat> Excuse me.
0: Now, you talked a little bit about theater. Uh, most yeah. actors get their start in theater, some sooner than others. Uh, when did you actually really get that acting bug where you, where you started and go, oh, this is this is the thing that I want to do?
1: That's a great thing because that—that's exactly the question. When I'm doing my Q and A, it's the first question out of the gate. I'm like, "When was that? What was that first moment? Was it church? Was it school play? What was?" Where you go, hey, uh, for me, uh, I was raised the the early days of of Sesame Street. I remember watching Sesame Street and turn, and there were kids on there, and I turned to my mom and I go, "I want to do that. I want to be in that little box. Nice. I want to do that. You know, because I thought." Wow. They're like, you know, they've got animals and they're singing songs and there's, you know, it's like, I want to be on Sesame Street. So um, my first one was that, you know, is that's when I kind of got it. And then I did like lots of community theater in Chicago. I did like, you know, I was Pete, I was John and Peter Pan. I did the Wizard of Oz. I was weirdo, the weird guy behind the, you know, behind the the curtain in Wizard of Oz. I went to performing arts high school, uh, went to Whitney Young, which is where Michelle Obama went to school. Right. She was a year ahead of us um, or a couple of years. I think she was a couple of years ahead because my friend was her junior prom date, which is hilarious to have your big, like he's got that picture all over his face. Of page. course you know he does. <laughs> Dated Michelle Obama, first lady was my, was my prom date. She'll never forget um, me. And then I went to Evanston township high school, which was chock full of amazing people and their competitive school, which was New Trier. So it's like Cusack, but all the Cusacks went through Evanston Township. Jeremy Piven went through there and his sister as well. Um, and, you know, those guys, and they, they all, those guys all got together and they went off to LA and then I went to New York. I did New York theater. Um, I just felt like if I didn't do theater, the people that I who I saw who had the longest, most standing careers were all theater based actors. Mm-hmm. Those who had done television or film at that point, there's a little snobby and there's not so much snob snobber anymore, but because so many film actors are doing television now. So it's right. like it used to be, I don't, I don't do TV. I'm a film actor. Right? <laughs> I'm a film actor who donates his talent. Well, for a price, donates his talent to television for a price. But I'm still a theater actor. You yeah. know, I still feel I am, even though I haven't done a play since my kids were born. Um, or right around the time they were born. But I feel like, uh, you know, the theater-based actor or the theater-trained actor always had the longest career trajectory. And so I don't think that's changed for me. I think Mm. it's harder to do theater, although now I think with COVID, this is probably one of the greatest opportunities to create theater in here and bring it to homes rather than waiting for them to come to you and get a rent a car or get in a car or babysitter and you know, get a, you know, uh, you know, go to a restaurant. You can, you, we, we can find ways to bring theater. And my daughter's at, at Ithaca college and I've seen two productions totally done on zoom. And I'm like, this is amazing. You're bringing this play right into my home. So I feel like this could be a way in which that more theater could be created and brought to people, uh, masses of people, um in a in a more environmentally and a more safer and a more economic way because the challenge of doing theater in la is i felt like you're when you're doing theater in la it's like you're a shakespearean actor in vegas yeah no one gives no one gives a crap they're like they want to go gamble and get drunk and hang by the pool you know no one wants to see theater they didn't come there to do theater so you know um but I do think we have an interesting opportunity ahead of us. I think there's a very good poss. And I'm, you know, I'd love to find ways to explore that, but I only have so much time right. <laughs> on my hands of, with, between teaching and auditioning. It's like in a family, it's like, you know, I, I, I but I think I want to get back to that. That's, that keeps coming up.
0: So this is always something that I ask people to have that theater background because I was, <clears throat> I was lucky enough to do theater, uh, a long time ago, uh, and or
1: as we say in the South, theater. Right. You, you, oh, I love working on some theater. <laughs> I was like, "What is a theater? Is that an alligator? What is a theater?" I yeah. like some of that drama. Some of that drama theater.
0: Absolutely. I just
1: love. I just love when it says, and I was like, mm. it makes me cringe, but now I kind of love it. Yeah, it it <laughs> it still shows that the interest is there. Absolutely, but, the passion. But okay,
0: so the theater that I did, what I enjoyed the most was the immediate gratification, being on stage, seeing the reaction from the crowd. So for somebody that's done both, because I don't have firsthand experience really being on set, how do you prepare differently? How do you get that same kind of, uh, that same kind of uh, reaction, or at least the feeling that that gives you when you're doing a more um, segmented production like on a television show or a movie
1: great it's a great question and i talk about this a lot when i'm i'm doing my on-camera workouts on zoom and i still believe there's the same connection between uh or the interaction or the engagement between you and the audience and you and the other person in in the film in the scene so rather than the ideas being spread out amongst this big theater it's eye to eye it's man to man man to woman person to person and it's that it's that same engagement that you would have with with the audience or with a character that the audience is just part of you're just doing it it's just a bigger box you know yeah. and i talk about a lot about working and creating worlds on the fourth wall on the other side of this camera so in theater you know, we're not supposed to deal with, unless you're doing, you know, Our Town. Ah, there's Grover's Con is there. You know, unless you're building a world on the fourth wall, you don't deal with that world. But in terms of film, um, the other side of the camera, the fourth wall is, is, is this blank, beautiful canvas of which you create pictures and images. So I believe that the, the same intimacy that you can have and engagement in a larger scale is just brought into a smaller kind of box. And so uh, this last nine months have been a beautiful exploration of having a primary eyeline of who I'm talking to and who I need. And then a secondary where thoughts and memories, oh, look at the beautiful sunset. <laughs> it's just so gorgeous. It's like orange and it just glistens off the water. You, know? you can create worlds on the other side. So you know, I think that the frame or this kind of world of working this way is the new? It's it's going to fairly be the new normal for the next six months in terms of audition performances for actors. But I liken them to like little, you know, two minute. Your audition's a two minute movie. So I think you can. I think the same. What's different is the is the the, the, the focus goes from broader to more narrow. But I still think that same sense of performance and moments and intimacy that you would take. Um, and I agree with you. I mean the. Theater is an actor's performance, actor's medium to me. I think film and television is an editor and director's medium, writer's medium, um, I think, but it's the theater is, but I do believe that it's, you know, the words have always been the thing to Mm -hmm. me. What's on the page is like most interesting to me. And my job as I see it is to take those words and bring them to life in in a physical form. So whether it's in a larger a space of a theater or whether it's intimately within this square that we have here. I still think the same, I, I still work the same way. You know, my wife is a lawyer and she prepares a case that's worth 2 million as opposed to 2000. She still does depositions. She still, so, you know, you prepare the same way just in a little bit, um, <clears throat> in a little bit different, you know, it's just an adjustment. You make an adjustment.
0: That definitely makes sense. Um, and I, and there, there are some there's a lot of overlap in that Venn yes. diagram between uh, the two worlds. I mean, especially just things like uh, a monologue is going to come across basically the same no matter which way you where you're, where you're coming from. Right? So a lot of actors attribute certain um, impacts to the style, the way that they, they perform, the way that they try to get across everything are there individuals that you feel have impacted your performance styles and who would they be?
1: Performance styles. I mean, there is a, there are, there are actor. there are a few actors whose work I feel, it, I strive to work at that level of specificity and that level of brilliance. And there's a short list of those, which is like a Daniel Day-Lewis, mm. you know, or or a uh, Anthony Hopkins, um, even a Gene Hackman, you know. Uh, and so there are certain actors where I feel like, or Gary Oldman, like I, I feel like right. I can't do that. Like I say to myself, I can't do that. Yet that doesn't stop me from wanting to strive to figure out a way to work at that level. You know, like I've worked with... Lucky for me, I've worked opposite Oscar-winning actors and nominated actors, and you never look at the scene and go, ah, that guy totally, we got to cut around that guy. He can't keep, (laughs) you know, like, that guy sucked. You know, Cranston wiped the floor with him, or Melissa Leo, or, you know, Jared Leto just fucking, you know, destroyed that scene, you know? So, no. Uh, You know, it's like when you know that you can hold your own with the best in the business... It gives you a great deal of confidence, but there's also certain actors. You go the Christian Bales and the Gary Oldmans and the you know like you go can I can I do that? Yes, it's I'm definitely capable of that. But there, but when you're looking at that kind of that kind of, you know, the, the depth of work that, that you know Daniel Day Lewis did in Lincoln, for example, right. like it's just like that's just so you've got to have somebody. I do think it's important to have some people that that keep the bar set so high that you're I'm it's not about me getting to that destination it's about the journey of which I can kind of get my work too but you got to know that when you're when you're you know when when you're working with them which is amazing when you're working with Oscar level people they treat you as equals because you're you're they're in the scene equally with you even though they may not know who you are I mean with Dallas Buyers Club for example Jared didn't know who I was from Adam. And we never spoke to each other other than in character until we were done, you know, 42 takes later of one scene, by the way, mm. you know, um, then at the end, it's like, who are you? Who are you? You're amazing. You're amazing. You know, <laughs> this scene was the scene that Jared said, like got him the Oscar, you know, that where he's just out of makeup and he's almost dying and he's begging for his life. And, it, and so he shared that journey with me. And we're holding the golden globe together and we're going to, you know, Vanity Fair and Oscar, you know, it's like, it's all kind of just kind of amazing. And so um, I think, yeah, I think that, you know, those, those people, those iconic people that I feel I'm striving towards the Gary Oldman's, the, the Daniel day Lewis is the, you know, uh, and, and even the Gene Hackman's in terms of the the, the depth of work and, and realness and grittiness, you know, so I'm, I'm definitely striving towards that. Not those are style, that kind of, but quality quality and the thing that i've i still take a great deal of pride in which is you know at times my ego needs a little stroking like i'm hey i'm an actor I'm, you know then like yeah but you look like my soccer my kid's <laughs> soccer coach or you're a teacher or something i was like yeah well i'm an actor i'm mean, I like i don't look like a movie star but i'm an actor you know yeah. and uh i think there's a thing where but I, i'm starting to appreciate more the fact that i'm not known or recognized so that I can seamlessly seamlessly move into a role without a superimposed. Oh, that's the guy that does that one thing that we love that we've been paying him to do. That's there. That he. That's that guy. Oh God, it's like for me. And I loved Ted Danson. I think he was great. But the minute Ted Danson showed up in Saving Private Ryan, it just ruined it for me. I was like, you know what? Just give me give me a drink. Will you? Just go pour me a drink. I just was, it just was like, ah, and I get it. Ted wanted to be working with Spielberg and so be it. But it was just, it just pulled me out of it so much. So there's this, there is this, (laughs) there is this thing where I've worked very hard to kind of make sure that I'm truthful, real, and honest. And that you can't tell that I'm acting or doing anything. I just, I just, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, draws me and Peter Berg my way is Peter goes, you know, you just got this face and you just, you know, you're always real. So I can put, I I like, you know, they've been making movies about real people in, you know, dire stress situations, life and death situations, you know, Lone Survivor, Deepwater Horizon, Patriot's Day. These are, these are the kind of, even in Spencer Confidential, regular guys doing, you know, getting into tough situations and having to make decisions, you know, that's the kind of thing that they like to do. So, you know, lucky for me, I'm the guy that that's that's believable and real, and so uh, that's not going to change. I just feel like uh, I'd like to really start to kind of expand on that. You know,
0: well, and, tr- and work, truthfully, and I always felt
1: those guys that are just to to me, I think, are impossible. You know, right.
0: but but the the parts that that you're talking about are really what make the movie work. Because, absolutely because without it it's just it's just kind anything of anything less
1: than that commitment level of you know L- Lincoln for example it's like you just you know or there will be blood you know or silence of the lambs you know uh so you know there's and even Christian Bale is another one it's just and you know Joaquin Phoenix it's like you know the joker it's like right. fuck you know these this is like yes that's that's where I'm that's where I want to go I want to play with these guys at the highest level and 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 so then you know you ask yourself wherever you are, where do I, what do I need to do, in order to get to that point? I always feel like when it's tough and difficult, and I didn't have money to study with Moss, I, a zero percent interest credit card came in the mail. I didn't have the money. I was you know you know you know uh, credited out to the hilt, but they gave me a zero percent, and they I figured out a payment plan. And I, I studied with Larry Moss, and even though I didn't have the money, and I and, I, and then I wanted 18 months of straight work. You nice. know, so it's like investing in that time when no one's paying attention or no one's looking or even in COVID where there's, you know, not a lot of work opportunities is using this time to, you know, to to get better. Just get a little bit better. If you get a lot better, great. Like my students who've been with me for the last nine months, they've shot 50, 60 self-taped auditions in the last six months, last oh, wow. nine months. They're not going to shoot 50 or 60 in the next nine months. Right. But, but boy, are they ready? I put them up against anybody who's, so if you're not doing that <laughs> practicing daily and putting your camera up and finding material, uh, don't, don't audition against my students because you you ain't you ain't going to keep up.
0: They've got some ammunition. Now, on mm-hmm. a on a side note, just in case if if I can help you get off of the whole Ted Danson thing. You got to check out uh, The Good Place. I mean I
1: do like The Good Place. That that I show like is uh, just fantastic. I'm not a huge fan, but he's doing good. Look, he's a solid actor. He just got pulled into doing TV work, you know. Yeah. It's like, look, you know, uh, uh Ed O'Neill was a solid theater actor. He just got pulled into doing, you know, Married with Children, right. you know. But, you know, but then you got to look at what Brian Cranston did you know, Cranston took himself, he, he did married with children, uh, or, you know, uh,
0: in the middle, Malcolm in the, the middle. middle.
1: Yeah. The middle. Yeah. Malcolm in the middle. And it's like, okay. You know, but he was like, I'm going to do it this way. And whether you like it or not. And I think that, you know, uh, you know, he single-handedly has changed his entire career because of it. So it's, it's possible we can all rebrand and change ourselves, you know? Um, I had Michael Chiklis on as my, as my Uh, guest on my Q and a, you know, golden globe winner for the shield. And he's like, at a certain point, you know, he just kind of hit a dead end. He was like, everybody thought he was older than he was because of the commission. And he's like, I went to the gym. My wife said, you know, okay, fatty, go to the gym, shave your head. And you want to, you want to, you want to get this Mel Gibson type of role in this you know thing, you go audition for it, put it on tape, you know, go in there and, and earn it. And he did. And so, you know, He's one of my mentors and dear friends of 30 plus years. And so if you look at those kind of examples, you know, we all we all need mentors mm-hmm. uh, in order to kind of keep us going. And so I'm happy to say I'm a mentor for, you know, 200 plus people. So it's a big responsibility because you have to kind of walk the walk and talk the talk. Otherwise, right. there's you know, there's 80 80 percent of the people who teach in, in my business are mostly frauds or people have not done it. And they talk philosophy, but they haven't done anything at all. You know, talk about theater or act, acting but they haven't done it on a set on a theater so i feel like you know uh, i have a great responsibility
0: so you're saying the saying isn't true that those can't do teach it's just
1: <laughs> no i think, I think those, that, they, those those that are fearful of doing right. teach those are fearful of but i think you have to i think the real teaching is is, is through example through yeah. knowledge it's through you know lead by example. So I, I, show my students, my auditions, my recent auditions. And so they're seeing the things that I'm teaching you. They're act, they're actually seeing examples of how I use, you know, primary, secondary eyelines. This is the fourth wall. This is my frame, top of my frame, bottom. I'm, I'm showing them actually the, how I do this, you mm-hmm. know, and how it's been successful rather than, you know, breaking people down and, you know, for their, whatever their own, you know, psychological thing is, I, I, you know, the real teachers that I found that have been helpful to me has been Larry Moss, Tim Phillips in terms of auditions. And uh, and that both of those te- teachers are about actor empowerment rather than breaking actors down. I, there's hmm. this weird site. And those who are not teaching or fearful of acting or not getting work um, spend a lot of time uh, talking and, and destroying actors as opposed to propping them up and, and, and you know, in, in, in building them up, yeah. you know, giving them courage and hope and strength. I never so, understood you know, that.
0: Never understood the breaking down thing.
1: I never, I understood. I think you know, like people, you know, Larry bought me, broke me of some you know, bad habits I had, but you know, there was nothing about emasculating me and right. setting me up psychologically. But I think when you're doing a Munchausen type of teaching, you know, you need you need the student to be sick in order to come back and to keep keep them well. You have to make them sick, right? So for me, I, I have, you know, I, I like to expose uh, frauds at every step of the level. All because, right. again, this is not my, my mission is not it, my mission is to be this actor and create these characters. But while I'm doing it, I can share things that I know. So I'm, I'm you know, anybody who spends time, money or energy trying to learn something from someone who hasn't physically done it, and has no track record in doing it. I think your money is wasted.
0: That makes time. sense. That makes sense. So, okay, I got, I got to touch back on something. Yeah, yeah. We sorry, we
1: got, we get on lots of different tangents, but I want to, you know, I I, give you every, I give you everything, and you can (laughs) edit as you see fit. It's like I make it very hard for all of my interviewers to like, oh my god. I got three interviews worth of stock. I could just take this little snippet and just do that. I was like, You can and you're uh, welcome to we do We
0: love the conversation. It's not real. I I don't like the, the editing technique a lot of people do. I mean, yeah. yes, you can keep it on point, but it doesn't feel natural. I want right. That's kind of what I want. Right. Now you were talking earlier about being that guy, you know, getting recognized but not exactly recognized. Yeah. When you do get recognized for a part, what is the part that you get recognized the most for?
1: Um, more more recently uh it it would be spencer confidential just because that was you know it, it dropped just as everybody went indoors ah. and that was 85 million households right over 250 hours were watched of one 90 minute movie mm-hmm. um, and also when i travel i like to be comfortable so i wear track suits so it it's it one, one, one could say that i'm advertising <laughs> myself but i really love tracksuits it's like they're comfy. My, like it's like adult pajamas right. it's like it's pajamas outdoors you know that's not it's acceptable pajamas um, so but i love when i'm traveling i just love the comfort of it so i, I that that one was probably more recent um, a little bit of the banker because the banker was you know dropped around the same time you know that had a huge good 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 run in on apple and then um, I think the one, you know, like it's interesting because Dallas Blyers Club is like my 50th movie, but that's the movie everybody saw. Yeah. Like everybody in the industry saw, you know, I've done some movies that, you know, did very well at the box office, but you wouldn't recognize me, you know, you know, you wouldn't know it was me. I, you know, it's funny because I, for years I kept saying, man, I, I just want a role that I don't have to explain who I was in the movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I said that. And then Peter Berg's like, hey, I got something for you. It's like, <laughs> bad guy, total tracksuit, mafia, Boston, bad uh, guy. And I was like, awesome. I was like, should I start working out? He goes, no, I want you as fat as possible. I want you to stretch that tracksuit. He's like, eat all you want. Don't work. Uh, no, I don't want you to work out. And so then when you look at the, like, the, I have one of the shot that I have on my Instagram, it's James Dumont, by the way, it's just simple, is it's like I have a yellow and black tracksuit, much like, you know, like, you know, Bill and the Jackie, (laughs) you know, Jack uh, uh, Bruce Lee. (laughs) But I have a car that matches my tracksuit. It's like they're both (sighs) Bumblebee yellow and black. It's yellow and black. So I have a matching tracksuit and car. And I go. I'm sorry, if you can't figure out that it's me, like if I have to explain who I am in the movie and I have nine tracksuits in it, you know, it's Victoria Johnson's our, our our costume designer. And I said, no, my character was made. <laughs> what was my character? pro? My character was made the minute I put on the tracksuit uh, and they call him tracksuit Charlie. So it's like, I'm fine with that, you know, hilarious. between Dallas buyers and Dallas buyers club a little bit, but it's like, some people didn't see it because they're like, ah, eh, it's about gays and AIDS. I don't. know. It's me a downer. I was like, no, it's actually pretty powerful. Yeah. So th- th- there's been people that said they wouldn't see it, but they finally did. But that's those are the ones that like. But I mean, like my 50th movie. I'm i I'm on my 75th movie right now. You know. So it's like, you know. But I feel that that doesn't, you know, it kind of doesn't bother me. You know, because no one's. There's no cameras up in my face. I've only did a couple of TMZ interviews, one that actually went anywhere, you know. Yeah. But um, I, you know, I can freely kind of go somewhere without anybody bothering me. You know, I can kind of. But I, but I did end up going back to Boston, right when Spencer Confidential dropped, and I went to a casino because I was playing at a casino, (laughs) and uh, I was wearing the tracksuit, and man, (laughs) I got stopped. And same thing after when Spencer Confidential came out for the premiere. It's the it's. I never had that experience of like. Two hundred people surrounding me, and getting selfies and doing autographs. You know, and I look over at my manager that I've had for twenty six years. You know, he and I've been in <laughs> kicking this thing brick by brick, audition by audition. You know, car rental and planes and all. You know, self tapes and you know, and he's like, "Lean into it, buddy. Lean into it. <laughs> Enjoy. <He's> like, it. <laughs> Enjoy. You know, this is this is the fruits of your labor. You know, and I and I was. My sister was there to see it, and she was." you know, she's never been to premiere with me. And like, she goes, this was the one, you know? And then of course, you know, you're going to hear this phrase and you talked about this in the beginning. We're all going to be talking about, well, before COVID, oh, it was all going great. And then COVID (laughs) hit. It's like, well, my life was amazing. And then COVID, you know, it's like, we're going to talk the pre-COVID and the post-COVID, the pre-war and the pre-pandemic and the post-pandemic. You know, we're going to be talking about this for as they were a hundred years ago. You know, But I also feel like, you know the night I've been studying the nineteen eighteen pandemic or nineteen eighteen in general, mm-hmm. and you know we were still in the middle of this long tenuous world war, yeah. And the pandemic and a world war and the pandemic was going on, but then twenty. And then but then two years later, in the twenties, some of the most amazing literature was ever written and mm-hmm. created. Some of the most amazing music and musicians like Louis Armstrong. And, and, and Or F. Scott Fitzgerald. So the twenty, the roaring 20s reared back, you know, two years later from a world war and a, a pandemic and massive amounts of death. So I just feel like two years from now, you know, no, hopefully might. sooner, but two years from now and a vaccine, I mean, what this world could be ama- it, it can So I think from this can be some of the most creative things. I even felt from the Writers Guild strike, but the reason the quality and the caliber of television it is now is because the writers were not allowed to do the writing that they needed to do and and they finally had the time to just tell this particular story and i think the caliber of the writing got better because of this awful horrific you know uh vertical integration the corporations were trying to do which is to go yeah. let's starve them out on for the 90 days so we don't have to pay them you know and then let's let's, let's pick the ones the writers we like and forget everybody else, Right. you know, let's do that, you know, cause it, so, but, but, but from those, or, you know, from nine 11, from the world wars, from the Holocaust, from these horrific things, uh, incredible art and culture and music and theater and film and television can be created. You know, my family is one of the original TV families, you know, and some people who were blacklisted couldn't do theater. So they did television and they helped create those early days of, television there was an african-american woman who had her own talk show in the 50s there was an asian woman who had their own talk show in the 50s on my 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 great uncle's network so there were opportunities for people way beyond the rest of the world wasn't figuring it out so i do feel that you know this is the phoenix from the ashes i think we can you know from this time period i hope some amazing insightful things are created because we've already seen the the massive amounts of, of of uh, disparity and uh, financial disparity, race, um, even, you know, and, 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 you know, divided country. You know, we're right. just, we're, we're, you know, we're divided. I think we have to find ways to unite us. And look, when the pandemic hit, what was everybody doing? They're voracious, voracious for content. Take you know,
0: me away families from Families were reality. sitting
1: down and having dinner together and watching a movie together and doing things together. Yeah. You know, so it was entertainment, that that, and music and, you know, uh, and social media that got people through this thing and it's that content so you know they're ravenous for more content and we'll give it to them but i think it's going to be different i think the context is going to be very different
0: yeah definitely well i mean we got the the couple of pieces that that are necessary to kind of to spur that on uh, pain often is the the source of of inspiration and a shared frame of reference so that people can be on the same page when they're experiencing these things that people are creating. Yeah. Now...
1: And, and we're getting to the point of humanism. Yeah. I think humanism. I think we have to understand, you know, wh- wh- when you think you're not human or you're you're, you're bet above that, all of a sudden everybody's being faced with the same thing. It's like, so, you know, wh- hu- you want to look for the most common bond is our humanity, mm. you know?
0: <clears throat> Definitely. So now you might have laughed, um, if I had run into you on on the street just randomly, and I I would have recognized you from two films you may not have expected to be the ones that would pop up, but you've managed to be in these parts where there is a the point at which you're in the movie is a a very important thematic part or a creation of character for whatever it is. So, like *Miss Congeniality*, too, you're at the very beginning where yeah. where it's just establishing the entire premise of the movie and and That's the right. changes to the character so you're right there and so i would always I mean it's like oh yeah he was the guy
1: in yeah. the store. well i'm sorry to hear about what happened to miss congeniality <laughs> what? what happened <laughs> you know, it's like scooby-doo it's like you know right? you're that guy uh, it's always funny when we, and when people say oh the thing i remember you and i'm like oh no is it one of these bad what, 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 what was it was it the attack on the governor? Was it was like, was uh, a couple of these movies that I did, you know, cause I needed to work <laughs> insurance for <from> my kids. <laughs> like it's like, I, I always get fearful of those. And uh, what was the other one? Uh, Ocean's 13. Oh yeah. So
0: that, that was also kind of, kind of a key tension point
1: at which. You, oh yeah. They up. had this system that they, and then, you know, the thing was we had to reshoot that. I was, you know the first scene we had I, my scene was mostly with Al Pacino which has been a dream of mine for decades. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's there and it's like oh my god it's out. and I that's the only person I ever got starstruck with because I was like cuz I'd done all this work and I'm like I'm ready I'm ready to be working with Al Pacino. And he walks in <laughs> and he comes by me and he's got this like you know $4000 suit on and a $10000 watch and this $20000 and he walks by me and, and, I, and I, he's got great cologne on and he walks by and I go, oh, Al Pacino. <laughs> Al Pacino. And I was like I was like, know James It's just a man takes a crap just like you do. He's just another man. you've been waiting for this, don't don't And so we did we shot it. But then this technology had been coming out that was in real casinos that when they're sitting down at a table, they do, they do retina scans yep. and they have heat sensors. So there was a real system that existed. Mm-hmm. So we shot this whole scene and then like, Hey, you know, this new system they're using at, at this one casino, we have to reshoot it because this won't be a moderate that, 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 this is, this system is becoming the standard. Right. So then we had to reshoot it and they brought in. So I didn't have have any time with Pacino. It was like just Julian Sands. I was like, all right julian sands is good good he's just not not pacino so it's right. like it was a little bit i was like eh. you know i thought you were going to say uh one of spielberg's favorite things is catch me if you can you know uh leo's coming out with the right. fly me to the moon let me be and he's coming out and all this you know let me and he's coming out with all the stewardesses and they're right. running down the thing and he you know Fly, come fly with me. Come fly, let's fly away. Right. And then there's these two FBI guys, (laughs) me and uh, my buddy Robert. And he looks, he goes, you see that blonde out front? I was like, ah, should have been a pilot. (laughs) And it's like, and I didn't know this until I got to War of the Worlds. I get to War of the Worlds and I'm on set and I'm like, Tom Cruise, I had been an extra in risky business and there's Tom Cruise. So that was a full circle for me. And, 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 you know, Dakota Fanning's there. And, I'm you know, the guy's filing, you know, the, I, I save her in the tree. And then I give her this child back to, you know, Tom. And, and so, but Tom start, uh, but uh, uh, Spielberg was like, hey, it's like, James, James is here. You know, like, Janos, come here. Like, remember James? And everybody's like, I don't remember this guy. Goes, James had one of my favorite lines in all of Catch Me If You Can. And I'm standing there. And you know, more and more people are gathering because Spielberg's talking and he's telling a story and we're between say, and I'm thinking and I'm looking, and goes, is Spielberg telling a story about me? you know. And so he's like, you know, and then Leo comes out and the students, you know, and and the camera goes by and a guy says something and James says. I was like and I'm like, Here's like, your cue, James. Like should have been a pilot. And I'm like, Oh yeah! I, you know, you know, like, so I was like, oh, Spielberg, Spielberg remembers who I am. This, That's this awesome.
0: How many it's people can say a good that?
1: Thing, you know, it's not you know? That's not a bad thing.
0: Uh, now, uh, also in my in my research, just combing through your history yeah. of what you've been in, I ran across a couple of things that I definitely had questions on. So I'm going to try and go quickly because I want to. We got to get to. Uh, <laughs> we got to get to talking about what you're going to be in coming yeah, out no, here. No worries. But yeah. uh, so you narrated simple life. Yes. <laughs> that's not the show i watched so it's like oh how how did that happen
1: (laughs) well it's so funny because the voiceover thing came in and i i i had such disdain for for you know for nicole ritchie and and what what are uh uh paris hilton you know i was like oh my god it's like the kardashians it's like (laughs) i just have just just disdain (laughs) But, they, but then, so when I did the voiceover auditions, was like, yeah, these bitches, here's the thing, da, 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 you know, and, and it was like a New York kind of guy like, yeah, this is the problem with these broads. They're kind of crazy. And I was like, this is the way I'm going to do it. You know, it's like, I don't, you know, I don't know if I want this gig. I don't, but the more, I guess I was taking on a point of view, like people, you know, it's like why you watch the Kardashians, like you want to see the tragedy, you want to see them fall. You want right. to see them fail. So it was like, I just kind of took on the point of view of, of the audience of like, why should I watch this show? You know, I was like, hey, who cares about these rich people in their you know, entire life? But, I, but then there was like, I just had it, did it with such humor and I did it with such thing. And they're like, we love it. You know? and, then I, and then I would do like two, three episodes in a day. I'd knock out, you know, and I was like, I was like, hey, let's get paid per episode. Like, I just like, I was learning, I was learning this voiceover thing. i like, no. Nah, 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 nah. I was like, they did a second episode. And they're like, did they pay? And I was like, well, I think we were doing a little bit of one episode. And the other and he goes, no, no, no. <laughs> and my agent comes in, he's like, no, we're doing a per episode deal. So some days I'd go in and I'd knock out two, three episodes and make make bank. Nice. Which I felt great because i are like, oh, i got to get something off these women. I mean, they're both just so incredibly rich. wealthy and i'm just like stru- struggling you know to make ends meet here you know
0: yeah i knew there'd be some giggles in there somewhere just just yeah. like oh i, I hate but, but taking on
1: that point of view like eh, these broads you know <laughs> like they they loved it they just loved it it's like you know
0: all right so i also found in righteous gemstones
1: ah uh, yeah
0: uh, uh an actor by the name of kelton dumont
1: yes that is my son oh my 17 year old son who so- plays pontius gemstone so if those who watch the gemstone he is he's the angry middle son All which right. i got a feeling well i've read the first six episodes of the second season which be- we were starting it before COVID, and then first day of shooting we stopped and then we, we we're going to start back up so we are doing a second season of gemstones It starts back up in March. We'll go to March to August of 2021. Uh, The scripts may be the same or different if they're the same or even similar. Um, You guys, you have not seen anything yet. Danny McBride (laughs) is brilliant. He's building an entire family tree. This show could go five years because there's so many great stuff that they're exploring all these different backstories and history and flashbacks. And it's like, it's, uh, And it's a coup like I'm in there. I'm Chad. I'm playing Jenny's right hand man. You know, it's it's not my penis, by the way. That's the (laughs) other thing. Anybody when I say gemstones, is I have a stunt (laughs) penis who takes great pride in the work that he's done. And he's on the IMDb. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, like uh, but uh, I'm you know, and I've been working out and I'm trying to lose a little weight. I'd like to have Chad 2.0 be a little bit more fit, you know, where we left off and uh because he might be a single guy now so you know we'll, we'll see how that goes but um yeah so we're we're, we're going to start up we're going to start up march 2021 um uh, th- there's nine episodes this season uh, i think it'll be a couple of hours in there one hour pilot we did one hour pilot last year and then one hour of the pilot and then one hour at the end and then a couple of 45 minutes you know a uh, couple episodes hopefully it'll be around the same i just working with this group is just like everybody top to bottom. And then the fact that my son is in the show as well, and he's a gemstone and, you know, they, you know, did some really cool stuff, you know, this year that'll be, that'll be different than last. And, you know, it's unending, you know, like it just where this goes, who knows, you know, but I know that, uh, you know, it, it, it's not lost on me that my son and I are in the same TV show together and we get on the plane together and we go and <laughs> sometimes I'm his assistant. I'm You know, my, Mr. Dumont, can I get anything for you, Mr. Dumont? You know, I get him water and, you know, and then and sometimes, you know, like I'm working and he's, you know, he's my, you know, he's my assistant. So that's awesome. It's a really it's an amazing group of people that, you know, Danny McBride, the, you know, up and down the street, you know, he's a class act and amazing talent. Uh, you know, from the writing, the directing, the acting, every everybody, the cast is amazing. You know, my fellow, my fellow, we call them the goon squad, my fellow guys that are Danny's goons. You know, I'm up for all of it. I'm, I'm going to do stunt work. I'm up for shooting. I'm up for any, any, whatever you need to do. Kill, I'd kill for Christ. We, we're going to have fun, <laughs> you know?
0: Uh, yeah, I had not actually, I had somehow missed that show. And as soon as I ran across, like, okay, now I have something else I have to watch.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, no you you will it, 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 it when you get to episode five for the flashback you'll you'll never you'll never you'll you'll never not hear that song again
0: oh <laughs> i cannot i cannot wait all right so final question before we get to current yeah. day stuff sure um i had a kind of a bit of curiosity so because we are of comparable ages that mm-hmm. means that you are potentially familiar with uh source material uh, when something is being remade or redone. So, I mean, you know, growing up, I remember the original Magnum PI. I remember the Absolutely. original Spencer. Yeah. So when you're in these projects that are kind of a, a newer take, what, what do you do? to honor the original or what do they do to honor the original source material the uh, originator but still make it fresh and new to get new people into it so they can kind of have the best of both worlds how do you approach that
1: right. i think you know i can't speak much to the the uh, magnum pi other than the format and the formula and the way in which they go about doing it they do a darn good job uh, i really enjoyed working with everybody on that set they they you know uh Um, I got to go to Hawaii, like I've never been to Hawaii in my life, you know? And so the fact that I was able to kind of be in this beautiful environment and do this show and, and, you know, but I can speak more, I think, to to Spencer confidential because I remember the original Spencer confident Spencer for hire the TV show, Robert Urich. And in fact, I was trying to get on that show desperately when I was going to school in BU in Boston, (laughs) you know, I was trying to get my, you know, it was like, I, I was like, Oh, well I have a SAG card, but I'm, because I'm in college, I, I, you know, I put it on hold. I'd like to be able to try to, you know, get some SAG work cause I have a SAG card, you know, but I, I hadn't, I was in college. So I wasn't going to, so I tried to get on Spencer, Spencer for hire many times. And um, what I really loved is what it, it's a good, good little It's a good question. It's a good connection is that if you look at the original Robert uh, B Parker books and how Ace Atkins has kind of taken over that kind of franchise and kept that, that, that that character is still alive. He's still, and this is also a great little trademark of like, you know, Mark Wahlberg is kind of our, you know, uh, when I was doing Deepwater Horizon, I felt, oh my God, Kurt Russell is my, our working class hero. Right. Kurt Russell is our everyman, working class guy, has been forever, right. but he's our everyman. And I think for a younger audience, and Mark's really, I'm only five years older than Mark. So, you know, Mark's about to be 50 this year. And, and so for five years younger, I think Mark Wahlberg represents the kind of every man, you know, how he's moved himself from, from model to Marky Mark to being a Boogie knights to being an actor to producing Boardwalk Empire to being building this entire, you know, charity and building, you know, like a massive, he's just, I, I'm so enamored with Mark Wahlberg. I can't, I, on and off screen, I can't begin to tell you his, his attention to detail and focus and care how he is he is the man's man. He walks the walk and talks the talk. Great father, great husband, great actor, producer. You know, just I just, you know, I have nothing but awe and respect for Mark. But what's amazing is it's he's exactly the right person for Spencer. Because Spencer is a guy that does the right thing for maybe some of the wrong reasons, but but at the end of the day, he is trying to unwrite the wrongs of the world and what people are doing. And he's willing to risk his life or other people's lives for what's right. And I feel like we do need that kind of hero. Now, you know, we need somebody that, 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 that believes in science, that believes in truth, that believes in karmic justice, that believes that, that, you know, the good, there's a good guy and a bad guy. And, And we can't let the bad guys get away with stuff. And, you know, sure you could easily look the other way and don't and don't do something you know don't do anything about it but again and mark is the perfect guy for that and and so in terms of that's exactly what spencer was the spencer would do he'd be willing to go through fire for the little guy and he'd fight for the little guy in order to do it and he'd be risking his body and if and he does you know and so what i like is there's a great call. I think Netflix is really sitting on, and they they own all the rights to the to, to these to the you know to all of the books. Right. So it's like, you know, there were thirty-two of these things, you know, and Mark Mark just kills in this thing, and it's like they even set up the that you know Spencer Confidential too. That's like it's You know, one of my students is the fire chief. That just at the end, they're like, you know, we're going to help that fire chief. And I was like, don't do it. Like, nah. <laughs> you know, he's got he's the guy that's willing to go through fire for the little guy the fight for when people that don't fight for things. And yeah. I feel like there's no better honoring what Robert P Barker had created and what Robert Urich had done and passing that torch on to Wahlberg. I just feel like that's, you know, and then you got Peter Berg who, you know, keeps the movie real yeah. and not, you know, uh, crazy, you know, still keep some action, still keep some fun, some humor, you know, it was hard. It was hard. You know, Pete turned me aside. He's like, dude, I cut a lot of your comedy dude I, you had to be the bad guy it's like I, you know you had a lot of funny stuff but it was like it it didn't make it you know and i'm like oh man but i got some stuff but because you had to be the bad guy yeah. you know what you, what you did we couldn't let you
0: like him get away
1: much. with all that you got away with and i like that i think that's really important yeah so there's a perfect example for me of like you know how do you kind of rebrand or, or for another audience you know, and some of these people they'd never heard of the Robert P. Barker books at all, right. or Spencer for hire.
0: Right. There
1: are so many people on the set didn't even know there was a TV show. So I feel like um, there's a great way to take you know, and also I think I think uh, Mark has been developing Six Million Dollar Man. Really, Steve Austin Six Million Dollar Man or Six Billion Dollar Man? I think that's what you got to do now with the B. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I think if you know if you do it right, and I think even with, with Magnum PI, I think they do it right. Of like you know, Magnum's gonna. You know he's not going to rest until he figures out what what you know what's going on. You yeah. know, he'll use unconventional means in his relationships to get what he wants. So I, I, I think that the you know if you if you're going to do it right, you know do it right. Right. And, and they are.
0: Yeah, that's 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 chunks chunks of childhood. Well, child, young adulthood. You know, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. I'll leave my age ambiguous. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's this. It's, it's kind of hard to maintain that, that forward momentum and please everybody, but it, it feels like that's definitely the direction that it's going. Yeah, for sure. Talking about pleasing everybody, uh, let's talk about your new <laughs> movie coming out. Sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, the movie's called Safety. Uh, for yep. those that are uh, sports people, specifically college football, this is a this is a
1: great story. Yeah, this um, is a movie for you. How and if you're really looking, at what's great about it? Safe, so go ahead.
0: No, no, I was just gonna say, uh, you, uh, how did you get involved? What drew you to it?
1: Well, the thing is, you know, uh, work drew it, me to yeah. it. It's always I, I got to I auditioned, um, but the script came in, and I really love the 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 story. It's it's based or inspired by a true story about a, a Clemson football player who takes in his son, his brother. Ah, uh, because his mother is not able to take care of him. So rather than his son, his brother being put into the system um, of child, you know, child protective services, he takes on being the father and the mother and everything while he's still a student in college. That causes problems with compliance, which is what my job is of like what you can and can't do. Buying people food and dinners and you know childcare, you can't do these things. there, you know, there's really strict, stringent rules about. Um, how you can and cannot court a particular player and what you can and cannot do for them. And so, but for me, I, I just, uh, man, there's never, this is coming at the right time. We need a movie. that makes us feel good. We yeah. need a movie where family and what would you do for your family and your, and your brother and your blood? Well, how far would you go? Would you, would you risk your entire future and everything, your, all your possibilities to, to do what's right? you know, and, um, I just, it's a, it's a great little feel good movie directed by, uh, Reggie Hudlin, who I just, man, I just can't, I just, I, I, we're going to be working together for the rest of my career. Cause I just adore this man. He's the, you know, the salt of the earth and the perfect person for this, you know, to, and what he did is he picked, he didn't go with a whole bunch of names in this thing. He gave a lot of really good actors, solid, large roles like myself, like Matt clave, like James, uh, uh you know, uh, and even the lead actor, Jay, is like, you know, he's actually been through so much, you know, um, and, and the kid is amazing. So, I mean, like, I just feel like we got we got a really good feel good movie right now at a time or coming at the end of this year where we really need to feel good about something. We need to feel inspired and be reminded that family matters and that. Um, so I just feel like I'm just proud to be part of this thing. They, they were incredibly you know, kind to me. And generous you know uh i've been auditioning for years for large kind of roles and i know that uh, uh you know i have some friends that have became casting directors up at disney and they were like james demont yes we loved James." and so I, <laughs> they really treated me very very well and respectful and um and i rose to the occasion i mean i come in and i have to do the speech you know with 40 guys my first day of work is coming in and i lay it down hard and i do the first take and he goes well, okay. I guess we can do another one for safety if we need to. But, uh, you know, like I just kind of came in and just knocked it out. And I was like, oh, I feel like I'm a closer in baseball. I got to come in and, and knock down, you know, uh, I got to get, you know, nine strikes to get us out of this inning. You know, otherwise you got other stuff you got to deal with. You, you should, I shouldn't be holding you up, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it, uh, I think it's a really great film, and I'm I'm proud to be part of it. It drops on Disney Plus on December 11th, uh, but it'll be playing on Disney Disney Plus for you know for years on. Yeah. And then uh, I have another project called uh, The Underground Railroad, which is directed by Oscar-winning director Barry Jenkins, who did Moonlight, mm. and uh, based on a Pulitzer Prize-winning book. I know we've seen many different stories along these kind of lines, but. The it's a ten episode Amazon mini series like he's making ten feature films, and Barry Jenkins is just another one that I hopefully will work with for the rest of my career. Uh, Just an amazing, amazing talent, and uh, so you know that one's going to be coming up probably 2021, beginning of the year, somewhere in there, or it'll be for but here's the exclusive for you guys for those who are you know everybody loves putting this is exclusive <laughs> heard if you heard it here first james dumont and, and we and ken we said what we're doing here is underground railroad will get an i will get a, a a emmy or golden globe nomination for best miniseries and and for actors that are in it and for barry jenkins as director and for amazon so we're there i I believe this is this is going to be golden globe and emmy uh, winning if not at least nominated kind of work and that doesn't come up very often but lucky for me i i just happened to roll into a couple projects that just you know have that process you know trajectory even the banker had we opened up theatrical and and you know we would have been an oscar contending thing but then it just didn't pan out that way yeah so um but that the level of that work, the bankers on Apple Plus, this is uh, this is gonna be Amazon for Underground Railroad, Disney Plus, you know, and that and Spencer Confidential's on Netflix. So it's like, you know, there's I'm hitting all these I'm hitting all the <laughs> You're
0: hitting everywhere. all the buttons <laughs> here.
1: I was like, I'm waiting for Hulu to call. Where's Hulu? <laughs> HBO's got me covered on gemstones. So like, he where, goes, where, where's Hulu in all this? Uh, well, uh, so if,
0: if only you could be on a streaming service that wanted to give yeah. you something in just like fifteen minute bites, I bet that would really work.
1: Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I think you're seeing the impossibility of getting me to do a fifteen, to do fifteen minutes, uh, if not on one subject, let alone a dozen. So, getting me to talk for fifteen minutes, just fifteen minutes, is going to be hard.
0: I just got so. got to take a little dig at, at Quibby. I, 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 yeah, exactly. It
1: was, <laughs> it was a good idea. Just uh, the timing.
0: Yeah, timing was not great. So, talking about timing being interesting, the the character you play in Safety is going to cause some potential interesting times for an entomologist at clemson right now who has the exact same name (laughs) so interesting yeah so i can't wait till this comes out i'm just i'm waiting to see the news stories man gets mobbed on clemson campus has to tell no i'm not the same person
1: (laughs) exactly exactly
0: but uh yeah well i want to thank you so much for coming on the show before we go um yeah if people want to to get uh, their dose of Dumont, their daily dose of Dumont, where are the places that they should go to get that?
1: Uh, I have a I have a Facebook page that I you know you don't have to be uh, it's it's a public Facebook page. I don't I've, I'm filled up on all the all my friends and both LA and, and New Orleans. So I have <laughs> 10,000 friends, mm-hmm. but I can't reach them all apparently. Cause you know, you have to monetize that. Apparently. Right. I got to pay you to reach everybody, all my friends. That's another but yes, yeah, so I have an open Facebook page that you, people can reach out on. Uh, I love Instagram. I'm a big Instagram fan and I would love more followers. I think I put some really fun stuff up on Instagram and then, uh, but on Facebook, I, you know, people interested in studying and learning about on camera work or stuff. Uh, there's a Facebook page called James Dumont's on-camera workout on zoom. And uh, I recommend people to join that because there's a lot of really great stuff in there, but those, for those actors who want to get training in there and then uh, Twitter, I'm James K Dumont. Those are ways to kind of do that. Um, But I think, you know, the big thing to say is, you know, I, I earn my insurance for my kids uh, medical and dental. I have to earn it certain amount. And so the difficult thing I say to everybody is, you know, when we're not working, we're not generating kind of income towards that insurance. So, watching pros, watching movies like Spencer Confidential, watching th- watching old films that you that you rent legitimately rent right. rather than you know pirate. Um, the piracy thing really hurts actors, middle class actors like myself. Yeah. Because, uh, every little dollar that we do helps to pay for our insurance. I'd rather pay for my insurance rather than. You know, uh, uh, you know, having somebody else provide it for me, I like to earn it. So uh, the way I earn it is through the residuals and those things. You know, so I say, you know, watch all my go on IMDb or just Google James Dumont. And it's like all the movies are there, but watch them. Watch the you know, I have a lot of really great family movies uh, that are coming out Disney Plus is great, but there's a movie called Little Boy that, you know, I think Michael Rappaport some of the best work that he's ever done. He's um, good, and that's a great family feel good movie there. Uh, if you like a good horror film, I produced one that I was in called The Cellar Door, which is pretty scary. Um, and you, you can find that on the 25 cent bin over at Walmart, <laughs> I'm sure, by now. Um, but yeah, there's just certain, you know, just, you know, I think it's great to support, uh, you know, independent films and actors that you may not be familiar with. And, you know, little do you know that we're just working class folks like everybody else. So the, yeah. the fact that we've been not been able to work these last kind of nine, ten months, um, you know, does it will have a financial impact. but And I don't want to be reliant upon anybody about Obamacare or any of these things. I'd like to be able to have my own insurance. So I think a best way to see and help is to watch those movies. Oh, I, you know, share it with your kids, see things you haven't seen before. Um, uh, the gemstones is, man, you want to laugh. It's like, that's, as, that's as good as a, good as gold. Yeah. And there, there's great stuff in there. Um, and uh, so just supporting these kind of projects that I think, uh, you know, normally wouldn't, you know, we're not doing in theaters in, right now and won't be for a little while. So I think the best way is to kind of have film festivals, watch all, you know, I'm a big fan of watching people's various works. Like if you like this actor's work, then watch all their films, you yep. see, you know, their body of work.
0: See them great, see them of, grow you know, and change and, and yeah, advance. Well, we we are definitely appreciative of your time and your experience. And and don't forget, folks, you can always uh, see what we are doing and what we are bringing to you at uh, Real Pudding Guys on Twitter, at Pudding Guys on Instagram and Facebook. And, of course, you can reach us on Patreon, where for just $1, $1 per month, you can support the Pudding Guys as we bring you new content, new people, new equipment that does not catch fire. Uh, We always (laughs) appreciate it uh all of our patreon uh, all of our patrons and all of our people around there that listen and don't forget to keep your eye on this gentleman because he always does great stuff and uh we we can't wait to see uh underground railroad come out because that that sounds really awesome but thank you again sir
1: thanks again appreciate you